0: What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. I am Money, your wholess
1: romantic. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's funny. That's cute. And I am Nikita, and I am your botanical butch floral dyke. You are. Yes, that was a really cute photo. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. My friend had a... um, a housewarming and apparently there was a floral theme and I wore that shirt on sheer accident wow who has a floral theme housewarming that's style yeah it was nice who was
0: it Tim Gunn <laughs> make it work <laughs>
1: Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance, your violence, my submission, I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do, your light is harmony. I hope you hear that on the
2: daily, cause
1: baby, you love, your love, you love, you mm-hmm. love, your chocolate. <laughs> 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 One day, someone's gonna be so upset when she really just, that's gonna be the intro, us just <laughs> singing it. <laughs> they would be so mad waiting for Truth to come in
0: and all they hear is us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this bitch is singing at every turn of that show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we really do. <sighs> Alright, Nikita, you want to tell them where they can find us? Yes, so
1: you all can find us. You know what? I'm going to change it up a little bit. You can find us on social meds and our handles are um, Instagram. Oh, Instagram. You can (laughs) find us at Pod, and that is also our handle on Twitter and you can also find us on Facebook, QueerWalk colon the podcast and like I always say Maybe you want to write something a little lengthier, a little longer, a little more intimate, a little more personal. You can go ahead and send that right on to our Gmail. And our Gmail address is clearrockpod at gmail.com. So you you know how to get in touch with us. You know how to, you know, communicate with us. But where in the hell can you listen? I'm so glad that you asked (laughs) because I'm going to tell you right now. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I really sound so good doing that. You do. You sound and like you're a professional. so much better. Yeah. I, I really do. You on your Fraser Crane. I am. I'm listening. <laughs> What's
0: new? I'm Listen. listening. <laughs> feeling blue. I'm listening. <laughs> feeling sad. Feeling <laughs> bad. Feeling bad. Feeling bad. I'm, I'm listening. listening. <laughs> you be shading me. But you watch me. I know. That? I yeah. low I low key. I kind of like Fraser. Okay. Exactly. All right. And so If you all love this program, would like to support this program, I'm going to tell you two ways you can do so. First is by using the hashtag, um...
1: Queer (laughs) W-O-C.
0: I just forgot
1: that. Oh my God. I'm going to get fired from my
0: own program. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be so
1: unfortunate.
0: <laughs> hashtag queer w o c. You can use this hashtag when you're listening to the podcast. Or if you're trying to like tag a friend, let them know about the podcast. It helps us with visibility, gets more people to the program. The second way you can contribute... Stop looking at me like I'm that. I'm just saying, now. do you have it? <laughs> do you know
1: what the second way
0: is? The second way you can contribute... To this here program. Is monetarily. And you can do that one of two ways. You can either come through one time for the one time. At the PayPal. Which is paypal.me slash queerwoc. Or you can become a sustainer. And help us try to do these in person meetups. Because at this point. Um, merch is just a little beyond. Our price point. Right. Um, ethical merch. We do got these stickers coming though. Um, fire fire, <laughs> fire. And you can help. With that, by becoming a patron, and you can head over to patreoncom queerwalkpod in order to do
1: that. Okay, you redeemed so. yourself. That was nice. Okay,
0: I I don't know. I, maybe I'm
1: tired. I think you are just I'm, tired and overwhelmed. <laughs> I was like, um, my brain was like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I just couldn't think of the. That's the okay. Hashtag. That's okay, girl. You know, you got a lot going on. Yeah. Alright, so, Nikita, you gonna move us into Queer Rock of the Week? So, I am. Okay, so I feel like we talk about Marsha's Plate on, like, every episode. Yes, shout but, out to And boys. you know what? There's no such thing as talking about uh, black trans folks too much. So, exactly. I am okay with that. So, um, just the other day, I was on Facebook, and uh, so uh, the podcast, Marsha's Plate, posted this video of this black trans soul singer named Shay Diamond. So it's like a five minute video. Like it's four minutes and fifty-five seconds. And I was just so blown away yeah. uh, by Shay's just not even just her story, but just like her whole way of being. She's just a black woman. She just like. I mean she's just, just quintessentially um black <laughs> woman. And so um she's you know, just talking about her childhood and, like, these life experiences. And so, um, in two different... She's been um, basically... Unfortunately, um, was entangled in two forms um, of the tentacles of the state. So one time through um, the foster care system and then... And, you know, she nailed it, right? And so she said something that was really sharp. She was like, I did something, you know, what what people call a crime. Right. Right, like getting at how, you know, laws are. Poverty is criminalized. And how laws are like socially, mm -hmm. you know, constructed and, Mm -hmm. you know, not evenly enforced. But, you know, she's, um, so, yeah, she was in the foster care system and then, I mean, obviously, you know, probably did the quote unquote crimes that, you know, most uh poor black and trans people do in order to survive, like crimes of survival, um, you know, to live. And so she talks about that. Um and then but something that I just love, like you that that really just shines through like in that video and like in the way that she talks about her life, it just seems like um it just it just seems to me that she like even since like she was a child just knew who she was mm-hmm. and was was like was like very clear on who she was. And unfortunately, you know, there are people in her life, um, you know, people in her not only just people in her life, people in her family, people in her community, but the broader society just like attacked her mm. um, at every turn. Um so she um like i said she um ended up in prison and because of course because of um transphobia you know of course mixed in with misogyny and racism um so she's you know treated like abysmally and terribly um in prison and she even mentions that because she would like stain her lips or wear lipstick mm-hmm. um she was like officers and like people um in the system would call her like a sexual deviant and like her sentence was actually lengthened. Because was, she was in uh, she was incarcerated. She was incarcerated in that's prison. what I wanted to get at. Yeah. She was incarcerated in a men's prison. Mm-hmm. Um and that's something that like trans activists um, I've learned a lot, you know, about from a like, trans activist. Mm-hmm. Um she has so basically, um I think she said it was while she was in prison, she wrote basically, like, hundreds of songs, yeah. and I mean, she has a really beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's so amazing, but, um, she, so, she has an EP out called Seen It All, and it was just so lovely and just so beautiful about how she talked about it, because, you know, she says that it for her, the easier thing to do would have been to give up, but she was like, she's like, you know, I love a challenge, and so mm-hmm. she was like, I was gonna fight, mm-hmm. and so she's like, there's no way I would have been able to see it all if I had not been able to be alive. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then there's also this part um, where she says, and she was like, um, you know, she's a very sharp analysis where she says, the only way that people will listen to me is by singing. Yeah. And so she's like, the only way that, you know, people are going to listen to me is if I'm entertaining them. So she's like, you know, for some people, they're going to be like, oh, that's cute. And she's <laughs> like, but some people, she's like, they're really, you know, they're really going to like, like, that was take deep. In, yeah. take in that message. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was, like, you know, for, like, you know, the conscious people who are really going to, like, thumb through this. And she was, like, you know, um, like, she was basically making music for, like, a broad range yes. of, of people. And what did she say at the end of the video where she was, like, you know, so for some people. So she's, like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm coming here to um, take people's edges. And then she went. And she's, <laughs> like, and some people are going to be, like, damn, she's slayed. I mean, just, you know, it's just. Yeah at every point at every turn we see how society society is stacked against Mm -hmm. you know trans women at every point it just not only it refuses to see but like actively attacks their humanity and it's just like there's there's something about her that just and like i mean this like i'm using this word very intentionally but there's something about her in all the senses that just feels so alive yeah um and Mm -hmm. so i just um we'll post a link to that video um in the show notes, but just shout out to um, Shay Diamond um, and just again how she told her story and like um, just like the you know the sharp analysis that mm-hmm, she's telling mm-hmm. in that video and for just being like and you know, and y'all know I love soul music, mm-hmm. so I'm really excited to um, check out her album. I was about to
0: say, you know, we love music over here, true, true, true. So definitely go check out um, seeing It All Seen by Shay Diamond. Diamond. Yeah, thanks, Nikita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you put me on. So yeah, uh, what go. was that?
1: Uh,
0: who did what? Did you
1: just say that I put
0: you on? Are you done? I mean, I guess so. Okay. I will give no jabati your boss. Alright, so we gotta move it on along to community contributors. And so I'm gonna start out. With giving a huge shout out to Akua for hitting us off on the PayPal. And if you don't know, Akua is one of the rotating hosts. I think that's what they call themselves. Like, yeah. Rotating hosts on Inner Hole Uprising. So, thank you, Akua, for hitting us off on the PayPal. And you know we love you. Mm -hmm. Black therapist solidarity. Yes. Thank you so
1: much. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, Akua's been looking real fine. Just had a, you know, a glow up. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah, we should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> Is
0: that inappropriate? I don't want to say anything inappropriate. All right. And so we <laughs> we also want to send a huge thank you to LaToya for your email. I just needed to say that because we we know we are not the best at responsiveness. We will get to it and yeah. we will answer your question. It's just that we are really
1: bad on the but administrative I'm things. So
0: bad at it. And I feel like I have, like, three full-time jobs right now. So I'm just trying to, like, keep my head above water. Yeah. But we did see your email. We really appreciate you taking the time out to write us. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, truly, truly, yes. truly. And we're going to get to it. Okay. And Nikita is going to read the email from Ernestine. Ooh,
1: Ernestine. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So Nikita's going to read the letter we got from
1: Ernestine. Ernestine. That's the, yeah. Right. That's that's going to be the the pseudonym. <laughs> Cause you know we love um, a good old black name. So, Ernestine writes, uh, I'm a black bisexual woman in the UK. I just want to say thank you for your LIT, in all caps, podcast. <laughs> it's one of the few things that gives me real joy and full-on belly laughs. Especially as I work in a very white office, I'm the only PC, POC there. You can imagine the microaggressions I have to deal with. And on top of that, I've been dealing with a lot of racism in the wider LGBT community. Yeah. It's hard being queer, black, and a woman in this world. Ain't Lord knows, though. ain't that the truth. Yeah. But you are a comfort. Aww. Keep shining your sister across the Atlantic, Ernestine. Oh, that is so sweet. Yes. I'm so excited to have a sister across the Atlantic. No, uh, if, if we just get across the Atlantic, like get over there and say, right. hey,
0: yeah. I was thinking about a text message I got, which feels like it should go on Community Contributors also. Um, I got a text from Joe, who took our pictures. out For South by Southwest. Yes. And um, so Joe texted me the other day and was like, I just need to thank you for Queer Walk. Because... I just listened to it, and I love it, and I just need to tell you that. And so, I just wanted to thank you, Joe, for sending me that text, because like I said, sometimes it's really hard to sit down and record when, like, Nikki is working 12-hour days, and I'm a
1: mess, so. <laughs> 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 that is so funny. Speaking of text messages, so we... um so we mentioned, you know, Diedrich last time. And he is such a fool. So, you know, I, I've been knowing him for a long time. So I texted him. I was like, you know, thank you so much for that donation. And he was like, well, you know what made me give me. He's like, well, you know what made me give that money. He's like, I listened to that episode where money healed you on air. And he was like, I was like, damn. Was like, <laughs> it was like being at the church revival. If you want deliverance, success, health, wealth, come down. <laughs> <laughs> So that tickled
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad y'all have so much like faith in my ability. Is in. They're, yeah, they're really top notch. Oh, thanks. That's like the highest uh praise, praise from Nikita. you. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Can uh, I talk about the brunch in community? Oh my god, please, please. <laughs> All right. So we had um B cubed. Yeah. Uh the Bad Bitch Brigade. I thought Um, it was the Black Baddie Brigade. (laughs) The alliteration still applies, okay? (laughs) Um, We met for our second annual... (laughs) Can we call it semi-annual? We can can call it. Because it was... Oh, right, right, right. Our semi-annual brunch. Right. And uh, it was amazing, obviously, seeing everybody. I was, like, my... My soul was looking forward to the brunch because like I don't know. It's just like the feelings of isolation get so real. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing to, you know, like always have uh everybody on social media and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like liking people's stuff and like, yeah. I love you, girl. It's like the same thing as yeah, being together. Yeah, being able to like hug each other and take like group photos and like yeah. themed photos, yeah. you know. Oh my god. So, um yeah, so I went down, Nikita had to work. I had to work. So, work. But we um we whatsapped you
1: in. Yeah. That Notice we good. had to say WhatsApp and not FaceTime, but moving on. We're not gonna do this, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, go like ahead. I was
0: saying, <laughs> before I was viciously slandered, <laughs> I was there. I left Nikita's ass upstairs. <laughs> <That's>, okay. <laughs> we were I was joined by <laughs> Colin. Janicia. <laughs> And Queen from Tea with Queen and Jay, mm-hmm. uh, Sam and Akua from Inner Uprising, and Stephanie and Lena from
1: Bag Ladies, and it was just great. In the lead up um, to the brunch, I was having like I was already experiencing FOMO, feelings of missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, when I when I was what's that video it in for like. Like you don't that, have to say it like anyway, that. Anyway, for that thirty seconds, it was just like I was not there physically, but I just, I just was so ecstatic. I just to see everyone's face.
0: Everybody looked so good. Oh my god! I'm actually, oof, Lord. Everybody looked like an ice cold glass of water after you mowed a lawn. Wow, that is that is accurate. Oof. Refreshing. Like, I put this in the community contributors because I just want to thank y'all for being our community. Yeah, because it's such an important part of our community. So, Mm -hmm. this
1: is, it would go in no other place.
0: All right, y'all. So, this week in the mental moment,
1: what are you doing? I'm going ahead with my segment. No, you're not. All right. So, you know, I think one of, it's just so hard to find a therapist like yourself, you know? You know, queer, friendly, feminist, POC, you know? So it's just really important. And I was about to give out my office number like Mike
0: Jones, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> who? That might be bad. <laughs> that. Might be bad. <laughs> so it's just really important. hit on the Mike
2: about to
1: Okay. Anyway, so moving on to my favorite segment. Here's the intro here in my adult life i've been on a search to find a therapist who knows pocs one who fully understands our needs i've looked all around there's hardly one in my town my spirit's broken oh it hurts so bad White supremacy wins again, but then an idea hits me—the mental moment with money, and I go listen now, and her wisdom's clear. Money helps me say no, no, no. <laughs> Anxiety can't be here. Anxiety can't That's be here. I've tried. My bad coping methods for the last time. My psyche says no, 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 no. Intrusive thoughts can't be here. I have tools to change thoughts in my mind. My mind, my mind. <laughs> <You had> it.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't. oh my gosh, Nikita. You make me feel so loved as a friend. I can't believe you took time out of your schedule to write that. Of course. It's I've
1: been I've been working on this at work in my head all all week. For like a week. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Of course.
0: Oh. Now I feel like I should have done a better mental <laughs> moment. Damn. <laughs> so <laughs> my mental moment this week. Is the Now
1: and Then Venn Diagram. Oh, I love a fucking Venn Diagram. Goddamn. <laughs> I really... I Holy shit. I really love a Venn Diagram. I've loved Venn Diagram since I was like eight years old. You're so excited. I'm so Venn. excited about this.
0: Okay. So, the Now and Then Venn Diagram is an idea I got through, um... Like, talking to a bunch of teenagers in session about, um... I don't know, like, aspirations and, like, how they want to be as a person. Mm. And I feel like teenagers are a great group to do this with because they're in that space. That's, like, yeah. yeah, everything about life is telling you you need to be figuring out who you are. But it can apply any age. I know I did it in session with one of my teens, and I was like, hmm, damn. <laughs> I actually wrote on my to-do list to love myself because of this um, activity. Holy shit. So, uh, you're going to need a sheet of paper. Obviously, because it's a Venn diagram.
1: You know, I love activities.
0: (laughs) So I'm just going to draw out a Venn diagram. Oh, and for those of you who might be listening and don't know what a Venn diagram is. Oh, right. Yeah. um, I don't know how to quite yet put pictures in, like, the show notes or the description. So maybe you can, like, Google Venn diagram. But um, it's just two circles that are sort of, like, a little bit overlapping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So that there's a middle part where the two circles overlap and then parts where they don't. Right. Right. Okay. Because I just thought, like, maybe everybody doesn't do Venn diagrams in grade school. I mean, I don't know what the fuck they done changed since I... Right. Ooh, that was a long time ago. All right. So now you have your Venn diagram drawn, right? And so on one side, I don't know why, but I always like to put, like, my future shit towards my right-hand side... So on your left side, you can write who I am on the top of the Venn diagram, who I am. And then over the right circle or the right side of the Venn diagram, you're gonna write who I want to be, who I want to be. And from there, it's pretty self-explanatory, just like Venn diagrams, right? Uh, On the left side where you wrote who I am, You list out maybe characteristics of yourself, things that you currently do, things you've currently accomplished uh, that are your present state. So, like, it's like a snapshot of the you right now. And then on the right side where you wrote who I want to be, maybe some of those are, like, goals, Mm -hmm. aspirations, characteristics that you want to have. So... Um, one that I was just talking to one of my teens about today was like, uh, patience. Mm. Um, and so she, she wrote that on the, who I want to be is like patient. Yeah. And so that's how you do it. So you fill out the left side with the things and, and, um, roles or characteristics that you currently have and you fill out the right side with who you want to be all those goals and aspirations. I'm definitely going to write there doctor because Hopefully, that'll come to yeah, fruition this it year. Will. It will. And then in the center... I was about to say, see, what goes in the middle? So, this is the this is the therapeutic part, right? Because so much when we talk about change, um, whether it's you talking through the stages of change with folks or people just coming to therapy in general um, and why I'm a narrative therapist, is people don't feel like they have any of the tools or the things... That will put them, they can't even like fathom themselves in the changed place mm. because they don't believe that they have any of the shit that it takes right. to get there. And so most of my work is the middle part. It's like you do have some of those tools right now. Maybe you don't have all of them, but that's what I'm here for. To sort of like help equip you with more that right. you need. Right, right. Um, and that you're not going to be a completely whole ass different person. Right. In your changed state. Sure. Right? Like even, even in your glow up. You still got some of the like ashiness from when you wasn't glow. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you got to keep drinking water after you glow up. You don't just glow up and stop drinking water. Boom. So the middle part is all about the parts of you that you have now that you also want to have in that changed place, or that you also, or that are the bridge to help you get to the change. So um, I'm trying to think of an example, like when we were talking about patience uh, with my client today. One thing that she's really good at is like like leading teams, so being like captain of her Mm -hmm, track mm -hmm. team or like all that. That's not something that you can do without having some sort of patience, because track teams are huge. I would never be able to put up with all of those personalities, and so like so putting those leadership qualities in the middle, yeah, and being able to tease those apart and recognize that some of those things that are on her right side she does possess in, like, right. small ways now. You just have to, like, hone so, them and sharpen them. Exactly. Or even recognize them because oh my, wow. so many of us are doing things that we don't recognize are parts of who we want to be in our change state. God so. damn. <laughs> that's
1: That's just rich right there.
0: Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's really hard to sort of, like, when you're constantly in this climate. I talk to my, my boss about this in supervision, like, every week. When you when you're constantly one of those people who are climbing, achieving, climbing, achieving, it's really hard for you to look at the stair that you're on and the ones behind you. All the all so,
1: the stuff that yeah, you've done. Yeah. Right? You it's just like look at the, the, the many, many you have above to climb. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's like, um, bitch, you just didn't get to this landing out of nowhere. Right. So you have some sort of Something that's right. going to get you to right. that final right. stair. That's yeah. been propelling you forward. Exactly. So that's what the middle part is. It's like, what are the things you have now that you also need in order to get to that change point, Oh, my God. So it's like the
1: middle step. And it, it just so. makes it seem so, like, achievable and attainable. Because mm-hmm. of, you know, back in my other intro, that's what I said in the greatest segment of all, right? Like... We have the tools inside. Exactly. Yes. And this is, this is my, just, like, one of my specific favorite parts mm-hmm. about the, how you approach, not just this segment, but how you approach therapy. It's like, we, you know, we do have things. Yes. And it's, I think uh, you
0: can't, you can't just be, I mean, I don't want to get, like, too jargony and shit, but, like, you can't just be a narrative therapist. And I also, like, I don't want to say, narrative therapy as, like, classical narrative therapists, like, White and Epstein or, like, Friedman and Combs. I'm talking about thinking about telling the story of your life as, like, as revolutionary change. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about narrative therapy, I'm also talking about, like, June Jordan and Audre Lorde yeah. or, like, Octavia Butler, these people who, like, t- Toni Morrison, who, black feminist, obviously, who, <laughs> like, told their stories. Mm-hmm. And, like, it radically transforms and shifts, right? Mm-hmm. Um 'Cause that's what our stories do. Like when you define yourself, every time you define yourself, you're also like defining society in a yeah. way because our identities yeah that's what we mean by identity being socially constructed. Mm-hmm. It's like when when you start to shift the narrative around your identity, it actually shifts like societal um, norms and the ways we talk about, like, identity. And we've mm-hmm. seen that in our lifetime. Sure, definitely. But I think you can't just, like, teach somebody that. Like, here's how you be a narrative therapist. Mm-hmm. I think you you have to fundamentally believe sure. that people, like, have the power and the, um, right. like, capability. It's a worldview. It's a worldview. It's a philosophy. It's like, yeah. you, you have to fucking believe that people can do things for themselves. Right. Um, which, I mean, I feel like I get heated around this because some some schools of thought around therapy, uh, and that's why I think it's like really good to like ask people like what kind of therapy they do if mm. you're looking for a therapist. Yeah. I think some schools of therapy fundamentally believe that the therapist is the expert. And here I have all these things that yeah. you don't have. Yeah. And so just shut up, sit there, I'm gonna tell yeah. you how to figure your shit out. That that type of therapy has never worked for me. And so then Obviously, as a therapist, I can't fathom it working for somebody because yeah. I'm not you. I see you a week. Out, I see you one time out of your week. Right. How, how am I supposed to tell you in your context what's best for you? Right. So, yeah. I feel like I went on a little rant there. That's okay. <laughs> but, I really appreciate that. You know. Oh, my God. This segment.
1: This <laughs> so. is what DJ was saying. You been doing this shit in real time. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yes, the now and then then diagram. Oh my god. So. This is this was to die for. Really? I'm just yeah, I'm just ecstatic was, about it. when you when you asked me if I had a moment, I said no cuz I did not I, I guess I just didn't think. I don't know. This is great. That's the thing about it, right? Like you never think it's right impactful and then People come back to you two two years later and be like, I remember you told me. Yes, like I remember the now with the Venn diagram. So yeah, tag me in y'all um and your in ben- um, the Venn diagram. Yeah. If y'all do it, hashtag it queer W O C. See, I remember the hashtag. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Cause I know um a, a few of y'all tagged me in the questions as you were going through to challenge those um those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so that just, I don't know. It just made me feel so good, y'all. Because so many ways, like, in trying to be this therapist and do this therapizing shit, I just get, like, shut down through the institution. Right. And so knowing that I'm doing it through through this podcast right, and right. that it really helps y'all. Yeah, truly. Yeah, it, truly. Really, yeah, it like, keeps me going. Like I
1: said, intrusive thoughts can be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Try it out. The Now and Then Venn Diagram. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do one. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like as a journal entry. You know, there's so much pressure when you sit down to write in a journal. Oh, my God. Just
1: this do is so, that is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Even that just feels like like that approach to it. Just, it's doable. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I can do a, a now and then Venn diagram. Yep.
2: The now and then Venn. Yes. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles.
1: And I'm Mia Mix.
2: And I'm Zahir. And we are Marsha's Play, the, the podcast. podcast.
1: And you can find us on all platforms such as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and even the other one that I don't know
2: SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way you missed, Can you edit that out, please? No. Z, where can they find us? Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> and right now, you are listening to one of the premier voices of the queer community queer walk the podcast hosted by money therapizing your shit so you can navigate this world in your beautiful black body with a beautiful healthy mind and nikita here to teach you how to organize and fight this capitalism and she might even serenade you with a black soul song i mean you don't get no better than that so listen to me when i tell you you're in the right spot at the right time enjoy yourself
1: Ding. Ding, ding Hey stop it.
0: <laughs> I don't step on your songs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ding 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 ding. And now our bi-weekly word with our womanist worker Nikita. Oh my god. Ding
1: ding ding. <laughs> the ding. closing gets me. I like how you you go up <laughs> on the intro and then you come down for the outro. You know talent. Uh, if it, it is a gift, <laughs> obviously. All right, so I feel like I haven't been doing words in a while. It's fine. So it's, it's I can do what I want.
0: You can do what you want.
1: Um, so I think the the spirit of this segment was for you to break
0: down all of this, like yeah, really like heady, mystic stuff oh. of
1: social justice. <laughs> That's so. great that you like use those particular. You said it in that particular way. Okay, so basically, um. What this segment kind of what it has really turned into is like, I mean, I feel like the the like the unofficial title is also like Nikita is big mad. So it's like whatever I'm mad about, because <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what am I gonna um like I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do for this um for this week, but then I was like, what is something that I've been like really like in a rabbit hole about, mm-hmm. or what is something I've been like ranting about. And usually that's, <laughs> and when I try, when I think about it in that way, I realize it's not like me like trying to find something. It's like, bitch, you already riled up about something, so just talk about what you riled up about. All right. So it's funny that you mentioned, you know, breaking down like these like ideas and things and especially around, you know, a lot of this stuff is, it gets really like mystified mm-hmm. in the academy. Mm-hmm. And so... So there's this case that I just I just was like on Facebook and somebody had posted about it and I've been I was in a total rabbit hole the other night about it. So there's this uh professor, her name is Avital Ronell. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm saying her name right. So I saw this article in the New York Times because I saw people, a lot of people in my um, social media feeds have been posting about it. So. Avital Rinell is um, a professor at NYU. She's in uh, German and comparative literature. And she's like an anarchist, feminist, uh, philosopher um, kind of person. I think that's the kind of work that she does. And so this article came out in the New York Times because Avital, who is a queer, Jewish, again, philosopher, you know, does anarchist. Uh, feminist kind of work, mm-hmm. was accused of sexual harassment and she was about to be terminated from her position. And the the person who accused her of a number of different violations and like sexual harassment and physical and verbal um, assault is, uh, is is a gay man. So he graduated... Um, he left NYU graduated like three years ago and so he's just now bringing the i i i think he's just now bringing the um the accusation ac- right mm-hmm. right 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 and so um which I Go mean, ahead. I was just going to add a teeny
0: little like mental health thing, which is not uncommon. Right? Not like, uncommon. Not yeah, uncommon at all. A lot of um, survivors and victims of sexual assault, uh, like sexual abuse, sexual
1: misconduct, like don't come forward immediately. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in this, like in this, um, like the specifics and the details. But I think the thing that has been most interesting to me um, is the responses because um you know he's gay she's queer mm-hmm. and so like a lot of the like a lot of the response specifically that has come from feminists and like queer theorists like i mean the like the the debates are really um in a lot of ways they're really interesting um and, I, and some of them are also just downright fucked up and i kind of want to get at why it's um fucked up uh but before i even get into all that because i'm like, I'm sure if you're not in the academy, because, like, this is a story that involves people like Lisa Dugan, uh, Jack Halberstam, Judith Butler, Gayatri Spivek, Slava, Zizek. And so, you probably, who the fuck are these people? The people <laughs> like, people so, on the, in like, you know, the, the kind of, like, the the left or, like, yeah. social um, social justice, not even social justice, but, like, feminists. Um, queer, um, kind of like leftist yeah. academics, like know these folks. But you're probably, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know any of those people, I don't give a fuck about any of these people, why should this matter? I think that um, even though this is like, like we're talking about like the orbit of academia, I think that it actually has a lot of, um, to be quite honest, a lot of the, um, like the the defense of the indefensible, um, it sounds like all the other like cases that we've heard coming from like the Me Too. Um, movement what do you mean in so defense, like de- in defending defense. totally inappropriate behavior and in, like yeah. a, like an abuse of power right and I think what why I'm and th- I guess what I wanted to get at um is that I think that because I also see this happen on social media and like it like you know people in the academy I mean have just perfected this unfortunately justifying all kinds of bullshit with fancy language or like abusing mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. theories. Oh, yes, and so oh, I yes, so I really kind of I mean I could I could talk about this for seven hours, but I'm really gonna try not to do that so um so this is i I don't really have so I don't really have I mean I have my own personal thoughts on this, but what I want to do is it's like like I said, I've been in a rabbit hole about it. so there's different like other academics and um people who have had like some people have had really horrible takes on this and then other people have had really sharp who have raised really sharp thought provoking. Um, questions are in a really sharp analysis. And I kind of just want to like talk about that. Um, so uh, just to get into like some of the, um, like the specifics um, about what, um, you know, what the guy um, Nimrod uh, Reitman or Retman, I think it's Reitman, is accusing um, Avatar um, of is, so she, so he says that she basically, I think there was like a, it was during one of the hurricanes, like she basically um, required, so it was during one of the hurricanes, she asked him to stay at her. she asked him to stay at her, to stay at his place and, and he, he and, and so he it's important to point out that Avatar Rael was his advisor. So oh, this wow. is so this yeah. is so the point mm-hmm. and he was a graduate mm-hmm. student at the time. So that already sets up a particular oh, kind fuck. of so I'm, I can't believe I didn't mention it. So that already sets up a particular kind of dynamic, power. power yeah. dynamic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So. um So, yeah. So in the article, you know, in the New York Times piece, it says, you know, Rinell, the professor, you know, kissed him, touched him repeatedly, slept in his bed with him, required him to lie in bed, required him. To lie in her uh, bed, held, hold his hand, texted, emailed, and called him constantly. This is really important. And so, no. Te- texted, emailed, and called him constantly. And this is this is the key part. And refused to work with him if he did not reciprocate. Refused to work, work with him, have him if he did not. refused? Oh, my right.
0: gosh. Um, and I so- guess, like, um, so... I- a difference. Maybe I'm breaking down something that's already apparent, but a difference, a very violent, because um, it's so easy to be like manipulated. Difference between undergrad and grad school is that in undergrad, your advisor is pretty much just the person that helps you pick your that's classes, just, that and you're they just to sign to papers. Yeah, like they don't they don't make a great b- break whether you get your degree. But your advisor in graduate school, literally, if they don't want to work with you. And because in graduate school, the admission is why are you pointing at me? You're just about to
1: hit out, you're about to hit the point.
0: So, this is where like her being his advisor is a huge um, deal because of the power dynamic. Because if if your advisor does not want to work with you um, and will not like co sign you essentially, then you are pretty much not enrolled as a student. If nobody wants to work
1: with you as a graduate student. But then go beyond that. What what else is your advisor in charge of? So you're just talking about while you're in school. Yeah. What is your... Wh- but also, like, your career. Like, boom, this is the boom. person... Yeah. Hold hold on to that. I mean, Okay. So, but no, I'm, I'm telling the listener to hold <laughs> on. You keep going.
0: Oh, I was saying, this is going to be the primary person that writes you letters of recommendation. Yes. People are going to look at you as sort of like their, their prodigy, like their student. Um, you will you will forever be attached to your advisor, uh, should you choose to stay in academia. Because if you're just getting your grad degree and going right. to work somewhere else, right? But if you stay in academia, like you're going to always be connected to your advisor. Hey, but this this is really critical and crucial
1: um, to to this. Um, it also explains why he did this three years post graduation. Exactly, and so. Um, one of the things that she is saying, because again, remember she's queer, and so like there are, um, there's like a 56 page. I and granted, I haven't I haven't read it all. I skimmed it um, last night, but there is like in this 56 uh, page document that outlines like the nature and the claims of the uh, the lawsuit because he's suing, um, um, I think her and the school mm-hmm. NYU, and so there's emails back and forth where, um, they're, so he's gay, you know, she identifies as queer and they're saying like, it's like, so she's, she has used this argument and other people of stature, quote unquote, other like feminist luminaries are also invoking this. And, they're, and they're, she's saying that like their email exchange, um, there's something about it that like basically non-queer people won't Like, won't understand that it's campy, um, it's florid, and this is in it, and that their um, back and forth, their email exchanges arise from a common academic background and like sensibilities, right? And then there's this, um, I brought her up earlier, and so her name, so this woman, I'm gonna try to make this make sense. Um, So, Jack Halberstam, who wrote um, this, book called Female Masculinity. Um I don't actually I don't know Jack's pronouns, so I'm just gonna refer to them as Jack. Um so wrote this book, Female Masculinity is huge. I've like referenced it and read it and it's like, you know, they do like queer studies um talking about, you know, female masculinity. So like women um uh, who are masculine presenting. So that's like that's like their like huge, like groundbreaking text. So they have a blog and this other professor named Luce, Lisa um Dugan, who's somebody whose work I also like appreciate, writes a lot about like capitalism and um like queer politics and mm-hmm. kind of like how queer politics have been like totally fallen into like the traps of like neoliberalism and that kind of thing. So really like sharp things. But they've totally taken I mean I think that they've totally taken taken the wrong side on in this debate. So getting to the queer um argument where um, and this piece, so Jack Halberstam has a blog, and Lisa Dugan wrote this um, for for their blog. right for the blog, and so she's so Lisa Dugan says, oh, act no no no, this is and this is where the race piece is um, interesting, and so they so this is what Lisa Dugan writes, um, so she's making which is a real point that like so attacks on so. Attacks specifically on professors around, like, sexual assault and sexual harassment. Like, there there, there is a, a history of homophobia, mm-hmm. right? In which queer mm-hmm. queer people are specifically mm-hmm. targeted, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so she invokes this um, case of, like, a black faculty member being accused of, like, some kind of inappropriate behavior with another uh, black student. And... The and so other people wrote in support of this black faculty member and said um, and letters people wrote letters in saying that there's quote unquote queer African American practices of mentorship, and so that and so because there are these particular kinds of queer practices of mentorship, somehow in that specific case, um, people were misunderstanding um, what the nature of the relationship was because of quote unquote queer African American practices of mentorship and so it's like what the fuck does that what, act? Yeah. what what and i feel like that actually gives in to the idea about queer people being predators yeah to say that our practices and of course oh. our the way we the way that we are in community with one another the way that mm-hmm. we do kinship sure it is different but it's not i i think i just think it's absurd to say that those pre- those practices or those forms of kinship and mentorship could in any form of in any way be confused yeah with, with something in, right with something inappropriate yeah, yeah. that's
0: what i'm like for, i don't know i my immediate thing was
1: like why we gotta bring up black folks we always gotta bring up black and folks so, and so and so there's a black so there's a black queer theorist on uh um, on twitter his name was uh Ronaldo Walcott. His Twitter handle is black like who. And so he mm. quoted that part and he was like, what does that mean? Yeah. And he was like, give me like a concrete example yeah. of what a quote unquote queer African American practice of mentorship. Like, what does that look like? And how on earth could you say yeah. that that is somehow akin to Avatar Ronell's, like, totally inappropriate a, yeah, and egregious behavior yeah. towards um, her graduate students? Because if we're going to call something a
0: queer African-American practice of mentorship, the first thing I think about is, like, um, houses and, like, how you have a gay mother right. and, like, gay families. Right. And that looks nothing and- at all like it doesn't it would never get misconstrued exactly. with sexual
1: harassment exactly and so um i can't remember where the emails are um quoted but they right, it is like it they the relate the emails back and forth between Avatar, Ronell and uh the the student Nimrod uh, Reitman, there is like a particular kind of like aff- affection there like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem um I mean, maybe it doesn't seem inappropriate, but I feel like go- going back to that earlier point, um, where he said that if she, if he did not res- communicate with her in ways that she liked or wanted, right, he would he would right. have to pay exactly. So like those emails actually don't mean yeah. anything, yeah, right, yeah. Um, and so so that's that's one of the um arguments that I've seen people try to throw out is that, yeah, you know, people just don't understand queer, blah, 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 blah. And it's like that's that's actually totally. And it also absurd.
0: like cheapens and undersells how much queer communities influence the larger
1: uh culture. It's like that because people. it's it's they're treating us like we're aliens. Like exactly. our way of our way of li- living in the world is so, so unknowable yeah, yeah. that people right. Um What's another point? And yes, so they
0: know what we were doing. <laughs> we give you
1: life. And so, right before I was... Um, so, let me... I don't want to get too deep into the letter, but um, there was a letter that folks like Judas Butler, and if anybody knows about mm-hmm. gender theory and queer theory, yes. you know, she's at the helm, right? And so... I mean just so it's like people like again Judith Butler and she wrote an apology. I saw it like an out like around sometime this evening where she I mean I don't think it's the best apology but she realizes that like her position on this has wrong. It was totally wrong but like Gayatri Spivak, you know, famous for Canada, a Can the Subaltern Speak, you know, Slavoj oh Žižek, you know, he's like a, you know, a leftist marxist, you know, philosopher. So there's like this um again there are people big names who claim to have particular kind of principles who signed this letter um in support of her. And this is and this is like I'm just, I'm just going to read this stuff so you can hear how um horrific it is, right? And so oh well. and so they say things like we have all seen her avatars relationship with students and some of us know the individual who has waged this malicious campaign against her. And th- this feminist Feminists are saying that a person who has experienced, um, you know, sexual harassment and abuse from a person in power, they're describing that person as waging a malicious campaign. Judith Butler. I mean, again, she did write that apology. Gayatri Spivak, you know, signed a letter saying that. Right. And then um, listen, listen, listen to this. So they say she, again, the professor, is responsible for building the field of literary studies at NYU, but also throughout Europe as a result of her brilliant scholarship and spirit of intellectual generosity. Her students now teach at leading research institutions in the U.S., France, and Germany. And her intellectual influence is felt throughout the humanities, including media and technology studies, feminist theory, and comparative literature studies. Awful people be smart every day. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, this, is, this is a basic oh, principle.
0: Oh, oh, we know this. Yeah, we know, like we know, awful people be smart every day.
1: Awful people write shit. Awful people get cited. That we know this, right. but and, and they go on. The letter goes on to say, "We testify." Her, her CV. It has nothing to do with her har- harassing people. Right, but l- listen to the, they go on to say, we testified to the grace, the keen wit, and the intellectual commitment of Professor Ronell and ask that be she accorded the dignity rightly re- deserved by someone of her international standing and reputation. So basically, because she's a badder
0: academic bitch. Like, dismiss this graduate student that she right, had. Right, right. And, and even that is such an abuse of power. Like, you are this, like, pillar of feminist exactly. rhetoric and theory. And you're going to write this basically saying, because this bitch is stamped and um, cited more than right. you, we should keep her. And what makes me so angry about that is the racial um, implications of that. Because... Like I always just think about Dr. Alexis Pauline Gumbs, the shape of my impact, and like where were the letters of support for universities that drained dry um, black and brown queer women, right? Who were trying to just like live? They they weren't even like on no fuck
2: shit, right? They were right. just trying
0: to get like time off to take care of themselves, and nobody was talking about like all of their accolades sure. in their life sure. of why they deserve time off to heal.
1: Well. There it is. No abuses of
0: power yes. are are yeah. not are no. not actually
1: not baffling. This is oh, right. Oh
0: gosh, I the first. Um, I don't. Oh, it reminds me of of like what what do you always say? Desire, practice, and identity. And identity. It it reminds me of how like first of all academia fucks with all of that, um, and and like twists it, but also in the way of like theory. Practice and like I don't know like what like talking about some uh, talking about an identity but not actually like having it I don't know I don't know what I'm what I'm saying around that but it's like queering or queer theory mm. versus like queer people right it's like pe- people fucking get gay jokes okay right. Like and, and and no matter how like familiar you emailing somebody again there's nothing about queerness within itself that would make that like sexually harassing, right, right right you know right and so what you're doing is sort of like like you fucking with the identity right because you know people identify as queer sure you and um like talking about this as as their identities but also using queer in like the theory way and like oh we just do it different right and there's right, a way right, to, right, co- right. to queer mentoring and like no bitch
1: No, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. What you're doing is, like, excusing that. And so, and I feel like the, um, so I just want to read, there's two last things I want to read, um, that really underscore just, like, how, like, egregious the behavior is. And so there is another student, and again, this hasn't, um, I've just seen somebody on my Facebook, um, posted this long quote, um, from... Somebody else that describes then basically how she was um, as an advisor um, and just yeah and so so this is this is a student and remember in the, in that in that letter that like Judas Butler Gayatri Spivak and Zizek signed um, they talk about how you know her students basically you know adore her and appreciate mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the uh, somebody uh, wrote and like this is anonymous and they said you know A R Avatar, Rhino Pulls students and young faculty in by flattery, then breaks their self-esteem. Goes on to humiliate them in front of others until the only way to tell yourself and others that you have not been debased, that you have not been used by a pathological narcissist, is that you are just so incredibly close and that she is just so incredibly fragile and lonely and needs you 24-7. Listen to this. To do groceries, to fold her laundry, to bring her to acupuncture, to pick her up from acupuncture. To drive her to JFK to talk to her at night. Um, a visiting student described the state right. of Avatar's posse as Stockholm syndrome. Right? This wow. And so that that's just like a, a sliver. But the last So when I say that this shit is academic hazing, she's literally she's that's hazing. And so the the I think the sharpest response I have seen to all this is from another academic, his name is Corey Robin. And I'm gonna post the link. It was a Facebook post that he wrote, and I think they just published. He just turned it into the Chronicle of Higher Education, but I I think everybody needs to read this because what was disappointing about Lisa Dugan, as somebody who writes a lot about capitalism and power, is that she totally sidesteps. You know, again, somebody talking about capitalism, something that we've talked about a lot on this show, totally sidesteps um, the fact that that in a lot of ways. Ronell is acting like a tyrannical authoritarian boss, mm-hmm. and so when uh in Robin's um Facebook post turned article, he says um so he 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 actually went through and read the fifty six page. Um, lawsuit that uh the student filed against Ronell and nyu and so he says um what's clear from the complaint again the 56 page complaint that he read is just how much energy and attention both related and unrelated to academic matters Ronell demanded of reitman her student at all hours of the night across three continents on email phone skype in person on campus on other campuses, Ronell berates Reitman when he does not accompany her to the weekly lecture she's giving at Princeton. You know, that's in parentheses. But on campuses, in apartments, classrooms, hallways, offices, subway stations, there are multiple, se- multiple scenes at one stop where she insists on um, walking the student um, to the train or keep him on the phone until he gets on the train and elsewhere. It's almost as if Reitman couldn't, could have no life apart from her. Indeed, according to the complaint, when Reitman had visitors, again, that's the student, Mm -hmm. a member of his family, a, a friend, Ronnell, protested their presence. Seemingly annoyed that Reitman should attend to other people in his life, that he had other people to attend to other people in his life, that he had other people in his life at all. That really is the harassment. The claims that she thought she could make on him simply because he was her advisee. That there is. There that's the black ass bottom line. That is the black ass bottom line. The ass bottom or line. the queer bottom line. <laughs> ain't
0: Ain't shit queer about harassment. Like that's it right there. Right there. And I also thought about like, um, like in any other context, would you sign a letter of support of someone who did that? Like, say this was somebody's partner who demanded every waking moment of them. Right. Me. Say this was somebody's manager at Macy's, right. Like, who demanded
1: every moment of them. Like, would you have still signed that letter? Exactly. Of support? And just the last thing that I this is really gonna be the last thing is that one of the things that Lisa Dugan writes um, in that piece. Uh, we're not going to link to that (laughs) is that, I mean, maybe we should just so people can read it. But so she was saying that like, not in my notes, (laughs) not in our notes. Um, is that, you know, the, the whole problem with the me too was that it totally like individualizes, um, you know, it makes, it makes dealing with this like in a private kind of corporate way. And it's like, so she does raise a good point that we don't have like, like particularly like good ways Of like as an is because the the university is fucked up in a lot of ways in dealing with Title IX and in addressing Mm -hmm. sexual, um, you know, harassment, sexual assault, and abuses of power um, claims. But it's just so interesting to me that she says, you know, that like that's the problem with Me Too. But I can't remember on what episode it was when we were talking about Me Too and we read that piece. From you know talking about like the feminism Of the 99% where mm-hmm. pe- the, It has been because of like Radical and leftist Marxist And socialist feminists And even you know feminists of color that people have made That intervention There's, so this is why they were Like the farm worker women wrote That piece and because they, they talked about what it meant To be um, to, like to face like Abuse and like sexual violence In the workplace, workplace and, so, yeah. th- and so I'm like there, there, there have been yeah. those Interventions in the Me Too movement and So even when we're talking about Hollywood actresses it's like, yes, they make, you know, a lot of them were white. Yes, they make a lot of money. But this was happening, like, in their workplaces. Yeah, right. and, and so it's bizarre that she tries to make this claim that, like, the Me Too mov- movement is basically, like, corporate and individual. But there have been these, like, feminists from below interventions yeah. around work that she herself does not mm. want to contend with. Mm. And like, I just think Corey, Corey Robin, like, really nails it. When he was like, she, like, the demands that Ronell made um on the student are totally Egregious and like it's totally mm-hmm. indefensible. Mm-hmm. So to have like these big name people signing on yeah. to this is like it's like it's a serious yeah. issue. And so mm-hmm. then you know they pulled the kind of you know that the they pulled this the little trope that everybody does. They're like, well, where are all these people when you know men would do this? And I'm like, we are we, we, we're we're there, the same, we're, we're there. in the same place. And, and right somebody there. else and somebody else um on Twitter, I don't know his name, but he's he's so such a sharp thinker a, a, a black um, academic uh, I know just know his handle is touch faith and I think he like retweeted somebody where they were like of course we're not and they were like we would hope that feminists would have it, like people who claim to believe in social justice would have a different approach to this because they have different standards and different right. fucking values mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm just like that is a no brainer right. and so but what I actually think is happening is that people are um, I, I just think that people are probably friends and I think exactly. it's, I think and I think it's really hard um, for people to for people to like understand and take in the fact that somebody might be wonderful, amazing. They might be sharp. They might be brilliant. They might be mm-hmm. a wonderful person to you. That does not mean that they are not, not a total a tyrant and yeah. a totally unconscionable, indefensible yeah. person in other regards. Right. And and that that's that's really the black. and feel like I feel, like, I feel like that's just so simple. That's that's what like, it is.
0: Somebody can be. So cool to you. Somebody can write the the best selling book of all time, and also be an abuser. Uh, yeah, Anabuser. I'm like, it's not that hard. And it's actually, in fact, these like talented, really right. like incredible people that get to the spaces where they can be
1: abusers. Right. And again, I'll think about all the... And it's so funny because they actually prove a point with... But they're talking about her accolades. And it's like, it's this kind of superstardom of academia that that Mm -hmm. provides the cover for this kind of shit to go on. I was
0: just thinking, like, also why they want to sign on is because it sort of... It protects the status quo of academia, of, like, abusing graduate students. Right. Like, these cycles of violence. Like, that's why I say it's hazing because it's like... You get to justify it because something was done to you. Like, maybe your advisor had you, like, running errands all times of the night. And so you see no problem with this. Right. And it just, like, continues that cycle. So actually, to, like, pull at this shred of harassment with her would be to, like, undo this
1: whole tapestry of how graduate school is done in general. Right, right, right. The last thing I'll say is this is why it's important to support graduate uh, student union organizing, because that's actually one of the... It's a concrete way to collectively, mm-hmm. you know, fight back against these, like, egregious abuses.
0: Yeah. Ooh. All right, so this week's topic is...
1: Afro-punk. Afro-punk. Mm-hmm, hmm So you want to start? <laughs> oh, wow, you put me on the spot. So... Um, Because wow. this was your first year. I went last year. Um, I have a lot to... I have had a lot of thoughts about Afropunk. Um, first, I had a really good time. Before I even go there, I had not put on going because I was supposed to work, uh, but we ended up not having to work on Saturday. We got out early on Friday, and mm-hmm. I was like, why not? Why not? Yeah. go to Afropunk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, we went, and... I mean, I've seen the pictures of Afropunk Mm -hmm. on the interwebs and it is just a whole different fucking experience when you, when you in it, just seeing, um, the the, the thing that I kept saying to people is black people have no business being that fine. It's just, (laughs) it's just absurd. It doesn't make any sense. And I just can't believe it. Um, It was, like, the the spirit was just so, um, it was just so great, so amazing. Um, again, I just can't get over how fine black people are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and y'all know I'm old, but I've been trying to get a little bit hip, you know? I've been, I think I've been coming into, like, 2018.
0: I think, yeah, I think you're pretty current these days. So,
1: um... I was really excited because I was only there for Saturday because I had to come back on Sunday. But um, I really like Lion, Babe. Um, I, I knew about them before Afropunk, so I was really excited to see them. And it's just, uh, what's her name? Jillian Hervey? Mm-hmm. She was just, that bitch puts on a show. I was like, and it's like, um, like I mean, she her voice sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And it was, so I love, we've gone to like, a number of good concerts. Well, you know, you a concert-going-ass bitch, but um, it sounds so ridiculous, and it sounds so cheesy, but it's how I really feel. So, you know, they have that song, um, Hit the Ceiling, and it's just, mm-hmm. there's, like, a little, like, there's, like, like a two-second break before, like, the chorus mm-hmm. sets in, and it's, like, I just love how collective concerts are and so mm-hmm. like she was on and like you know people were gassing her up and yeah. then like there's like it was just like a, the whole mood like yeah. mm-hmm. of the um of i mean that concert but just in general yeah. like it's just it's yeah. just it's such like a collective yeah. feeling um mm-hmm. I, I always like to joke i tell myself like that's what socialism is going to feel like right where we're all mm-hmm. just like in unison yes. on the same yeah. page doing mm-hmm. like not everybody like totally like you know, like, because, you know, the old idea of when people say, oh, this is socialism. Like, everybody wearing a potato sack, Yeah. Standing in line for bread. That's not. It's <laughs> no. like, it's going to be yeah. like everybody's, you know, feeling their best, at their best. Just like, you know, being, being at their best, feeling their best together. Yeah. And so, like, just, I just, I just fucking love that. Um, Oh, my fucking God. So, so I really dug the Lion Bay performance and then the South African rapper. showman Josie! oh my god that so she was putting on a motherfucking show her and her dancing we watched black panther together now we were kind of forever forever. she was amazing (laughs) yeah she was she really put on a motherfucking show when she when she
0: says she was like this is my skirt and i'm about to show you what it's for and she starts
1: shaking that is that what she did oh wow so she was great um i've always had a penchant for miguel so i was happy to see him um and I but so we were walking pretty, pretty out. Man. He's really pretty. Yeah. He like, he reminds me of um, he reminds me of one of our friends, Seth. He's real pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, something about him just also looks like a lesbian to Yeah. Me. I think that's also yeah. why I like him. But he can sing. Like I've known yeah. I've liked Miguel, but I was like, that's like, this yeah. is I can sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I really enjoyed that. Um So the I don't know. They gotta. They really gotta work on the um the entrances. Like <laughs> yeah, they they need to do yeah. better direction of traffic. Yeah, like foot traffic in there because yeah. there was points where it was just real. We were cramped. stuck. We could, literally got stuck in the middle of a yeah, crowd was, trying to go see Daniel Caesar. It was just really. It was like I mean people were just so tight. Like yeah. I mean just like you know backs to groins kind of tight. <laughs> but I mean I bring that up because it's like even you know people just like excuse me in my bad like you know it was just no bad blood yeah, like yeah, no bad energy yeah. people understand understood that it was like poor planning mm-hmm. on like the on the events part yeah. not like anybody they also you know, had one exit yeah it, it was i mean the it was night it was yeah. a death trap it was, it was, it it was. was fire hazard. i'm pretty sure it was against the law it yeah. had to be but um just like even it was like you know it was really warm out like mm-hmm. you know being like that close with people yeah, you don't know yeah it's, i mean it's extremely uncomfortable but mm-hmm. again people were just like you You know, my bad. Trying to get through. And like even like people black were folks were black folk, and like, they were just we, yeah. Um, I, I do not mean to catch you off but like there was this point where we were trying to leave at the end of the night on Saturday, mm-hmm. and that song. I don't what's the name of that song? No, no, no. Yeah. So everybody was trying to get out, packed in like sardines, and like everybody just started humming that. Yeah. Because it was um it was playing. It was playing, yeah. and somebody was like, "We sound like some Negroes <laughs> singing a spiritual going to get our freedom." And I just died. <laughs> and even just like people like mm-hmm. tight, hot. Sweaty, Coming out. So it was still yeah. I don't know. It was, it was just yeah. a vibe. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So um I really dug it. And um always I don't know if anybody used to watch the show, what not to wear, but I feel like money is my own personal Stacey oh and Clinton. Gosh. Cause I think uh I really showed up and showed out. For did. me, for me, you for me. The, from the haircut to the socks. I right. I point. really, I really. Again, maybe not like in terms of like the way Afro punk fashion normally is. I wasn't like that done that. But for me, I think I really. I stepped out a little bit. You stepped out a term, lot in terms of fashion. You so, stepped out a
0: lot, friend.
1: Um, it just it was so funny. I was so, like, so look I, at this little dapper bitch. <laughs> I was in line and this. I saw this boy kept staring at me and I was like, oh what? I was like, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> and he just kept staring. He's like, excuse me. He's like, where you get your shirt? So he asked me where I got my shirt from, you know, from a, you know, a typical box store. And he was like, from there, I thought they were trash. So I was like, you know, I'm out in public yeah. with other black, fine, fashionable folks. Mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. ask me where I got my shit from. Exactly. That's, I stepped up. That's when you I know you fly. Up, yes. Right. And every time I go shopping now, I really think about power clashing because you taught me that. You you do it really well. And I don't think I taught you power You You truly sure. did. You did. So, I, I think I'm step, I, um, stepping up in terms of fashion. And there's all these names I feel like I see and I hear, but I just don't, um, I don't know. I don't be, like, picking up. Like, I don't, like, I haven't made time to, like, go listen to people. So, it's so great to see, to hear her. Mm-hmm. And, bitch, I, you know, I know you shaded me because I sent this in a group text. But I am, like, I didn't even get to um, hear his set. But I'm, like, the biggest Kay fan ever. You, you embarrassed me. I did.
0: You, know who, you knew who K. I I put you on to Kei Trinata before. I've well, I don't, I don't remember. I
1: don't remember. And it's so funny because I was listening. It's so weird because me, on the way back, we were listening to this playlist. Um, the playlist that I created for sh- AfroFundMe. Can you book? shut up? I was trying to do a little build-up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was listening to this playlist. I've been listening to it. I'm still listening to it for like three or four days straight. And then I look and see the name and I was like, I know that bitch! <laughs> it was, it's a playlist you created.
0: You're, okay, thank I you. I mean, the listeners can't see that, but I did. I basically did the Oprah gif of obviously. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm just like...
1: I'm it, a musical bitch! I know! I'm, and most of the people who I'm like, oh my god, they're great, you've probably hipped hip me to or put me on to. Yes. So...
0: Well, I'm, I am glad that you you put a name to the music of Kate Janata.
1: It was... I'm just so blown away mm-hmm. by him. He's a, oh, just a stellar, stellar producer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And DJ. Yeah. All right.
0: So, you know, my Afropunk was cool, too. Really enjoyed it. I went with my baby sister... And so, I should stop calling her that. I went with my sister. sister. She's your baby sister. I know. Shout out to Nunu. I'm really, I'm really Who's so cute. I love you so much, Nunu. I love you. I I really am trying to see her as an adult these days. She's an adult, but she just Um, happens to be your baby sister. She happens to be my baby sister, and I remember her chubby ass cheeks. So, it's like really hard for me to... But anyway, like, we had, we had the... Worst time getting there. It was me, her, and Makta mm-hmm. on the the plane. On the train and the train stopped for like an hour. <laughs> like there was some accident on the track. And we are we are literally stuck in a tube underground in our full like Afropunk outfits. <laughs> I was like, wow. So we got there, and the line was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then you know, so we missed all of a Lion Babe set. We were in line the entire you, time. You missed the show. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but so I, I think I kind of get, I don't know why, because I'm in Syracuse, and like none of the spaces are super black. Um, but I kind of get like like used to blackness, you sure. know. So I'm like. Why are all these white people here? First of all, because there was a white girl with a do rag on in front of us in line. And I was like, this is violence. Like, yeah. there, first of all, there should be no white people in front of me it's in line. Not one Africa, and Afrofunk? It's certainly not one with a do rag on. should have escorted her out. <laughs> she should not have been allowed in because <laughs> that is violence. Um, bitch, what waves? Anyways, so, <laughs> so, you know, I was I was complaining. I'm not going to lie. I was like, why are all these white people here in line? Um, like this is getting on my nerves, and then you know my sister lives in Alabama, and she looked at me. She was like, "This is the most black people I've seen in like a very that's most- as as
1: the first time Afro punk yeah. goer." Yeah, because I we can get to the criticisms of Afro punk in a minute, but yeah. people kept saying like it's so it just it just felt so I don't yeah it just felt so black black right to me and so and so then after she said that it
0: sort of like completely changed my your orientation like, you, to yeah, yeah because um. I think I just I just be um, so annoyed by like we can't have nothing mm-hmm. like why the fuck would you buy a ticket to something that says Afro? I, I don't I don't know. Sure. So so like I I think I get way too in my head and I start thinking about all of that like how how you feel comfortable enough to be in front of me in line sure. you know um but. But her saying that, she's like, this is the most black people I've ever seen at any kind of music anything. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, she's right. Yeah. I go to concerts all the time. And that's that's part of, you know, like live music, is that it's hella white, the whole crowd, mm-hmm. no matter who you go see. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the last concert me, her, and ama went to was Kalela mm-hmm. or Kalela, not sure which one is the right pronunciation. But the whole crowd was white. Really? Yeah. And so like you know, I just I had to recognize that, and I had to like appreciate that space that Afro punk does create. That this is the this is the one time that I'm standing in a crowd and I don't feel unsafe like standing in a whole crowd because it's, I'm not surrounded by a bunch of like really um, annoying white folks. Like I'm surrounded by
1: black folks, and it feels different. It's just for me, it was like small things. Like I saw somebody wear like a red cap, mm-hmm. and I was like, because normally when I'm out in public, I don't know what I think I'm gonna do. But I be seeing people with red caps. And so I be let yeah. that be a Make America Great yeah. Again yeah. fucking hat. Yeah. But I'm like, it's Afropunk. Nobody's going to be yeah. wearing that. Yeah. And, yes. and like, it's this very small thing. It's right, yeah. But I'm like, that like I'm not okay. concerned yeah. about that. And yeah. like and on the opposite, I'm seeing, like, I love that shirt. Where it's like, why be racist, sexist, yeah. sexist blah, 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 you when can you can just be, be quiet. quiet. Yeah. And like, you know, all of these other like, pro-black women, other mm-hmm, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's a... I I wouldn't even get into that right now, but the point is, is like it just there's just certain things that I don't even worry, I don't even realize I'm I, I yeah. worry about yes. in other and, yeah, parts of right, my life where right. I'm like oh like I'm not even yes. actually thinking about yeah. that yeah. right now right here. So
0: that's so that's um, like one thing that stands out to me is that there's not many spaces where I don't feel like not only a black girl but like a big black girl, you know, like a fat black girl. Yes, and I was like. I feel like that at Afro Punk. I feel like these are all the different types of bodies that Black people have, yeah. and 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 like I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't feel like there's this whole emphasis on like my weight.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: like, yeah. I was trying to think about it. Like what about it? Um, and it's it's also interesting, like the way people who weren't who aren't there like comment on pictures of it too. Yeah. Um, it just feels different. Like people. Yeah. So that felt really good. Um, yeah, so the the uh, the first days, uh, this was my second year going, and so what I've noticed is that Saturday is always way more packed, I guess, because, mm. like, Sunday, people gotta go to work. Go to and, work yeah. the next day. Um, and it was, you know, no different this year. Sunday was really chill. I loved it, um... Did you get to see Janelle Monae and Erica Badu? I got to see Janelle. I could not stand anymore by the time Erica came on. I I was standing for five hours at that point. And I really realized that I'm getting old this year. Because I was like, I remember standing at uh, Jazz Fest when I was like 23 for Frank Ocean. I stood there for eight hours straight. Ain't ain't used the bathroom. Nothing. Oh, my God. Stood there to Mm -mm. see him. And I... (laughs) I was like, my knees are gone, my back hurt. Let me just go sit down. So I, you know, I enjoyed Erica from the benches oh, that's from okay. afar. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I brought really cute earrings. I mean, it was you know, it was nice. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't say it. Um, it's not just like so black, but it's so black and queer mm-hmm. that I think I was i am never, mm-hmm. I am, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like we are, I mean, not to be, like, self-centered assholes. Uh, there are other black queer people in Syracuse. But, you know, the the black queer person I see on a regular basis, besides myself in the mirror, me. is you. <laughs> exactly. And so, just, like, it's just. To not be, that's
0: what we was talking about before, like, how. I, if I was any other place, it would just be like, oh yeah, like regular. Yeah, like that's
1: how you feel. I yeah. I was really astounded yeah. by just. It's not just like, you know, super black, especially black and I queer. I saw
0: so many lesbians. They were oh, yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. Oh my god, money is such a fool. Um, so there's um, I mean, it's just you want to talk about baddies. Oh my god. Um, they they need to start calling. It, it should it, be called ass rope. <laughs> So we saw somebody who had on I think I saw them first. They had on a uh oh, a, a, a one piece leather getup. Re- fit real nice. It was a leather bodysuit. Leather bodysuit. And I was like, I was like, where can you even find that? And Money was like, girl, I don't know, but I'm just glad they make them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that leather bodysuit. It haunts my dreams, right? (laughs) Right? Like, damn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's change the subject. (laughs) I I think this should have been the topic. (laughs) The leather bodysuit. The leather bodysuit. Yeah. So, on Sunday, when I was trying to find Nunu to leave, this, like... Person, I'm gonna say person because I don't know how to identify, I walked up to me. And and you know how in your head you think somebody's looking at you, but you like, yeah, no, yeah, you don't want to yeah, be that yeah. no, they walked directly up to me and leaned over and whispered in my ear, I love you, and walked away. And they were fine as shit. Damn. But I was on the phone with Nunu trying to find her, and oh, I was like,
1: You are on big uh big sister duty. Yeah. Nunu, I gotta go. <laughs> there was also a very fine ass
0: uh security guard keeping me out of the VIP and <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was very loudly on the phone with my sister like, I don't know, this fine ass security woman won't let me pass. <laughs> yes, the beautiful one.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
0: So I was being ridiculous. That's it. I was like, I know she's tired and she wants to go home, but I'm just trying to get some my sister. you know, flirtatious. So I mean, it was pretty good. My favorite performance was the power jam with black women in rock it was on sunday okay and angela davis like curated it and she opened it with like spoken word like say her name type oh shit shit. so you know i was already almost crying by the end of angela davis speaking and then maybe like a dozen black women just singing rock rock and roll and like Oh, rock Punk and roll. Yeah. Fuck, I wish I
1: would have
0: been there. Yeah, and then this spoken word artist came out. I can't remember her name, but she did this whole poem about how, like, black women invented rock.
1: Oh, wow. And
0: that shit made me cry. That I don't know. Fantastic. Like, it was it, it was just something about it that it was like, I'm made from the same stuff as these women. Yeah. And, like, they are just killing it on stage. They did a tribute to Aretha Franklin.
1: Oh, I was wondering if that was yeah, going to happen. They
0: were like, um... And then something felt, uh like feminist as fuck about it too, because at the same time Pusha T was performing and like mm-hmm. ain't nobody come to Afro Punk to see Pusha T. That's right. And so these you know, just like this whole stage full of black women mm-hmm. I got to see Sate live, which I which she walked on the stage and because I'm a music ass bitch, I'm like, Oh my god, that's Sate And like everybody else is like, Who? <laughs> I, 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 I'm fighting to earth to ask you that now, I don't know who <sighs> this is. Oh, gosh. Um, She is a rock artist from Toronto. And she has this album called Red, Black, and Blue. Yeah. Oh, she's super cute. She's fine as shit. Um, Yeah. And I also got to, like, meet her and take a picture with her
1: after. It was just amazing. Nona Hendrix. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm happy to hear, um, because I feel like that's been one of the the biggest... Criticisms of Afro Punk as the years have gone on that have gotten away from like the punk yeah. and the rock mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, roots yeah. or like I mean they started the whole thing from that documentary, um, I think it came out in two thousand five, so I think I'm I'm happy to hear that that um, yeah that it was those a artists whole were there I
0: think it was like a two hour set okay of
1: just black women rocking
0: the fuck that's out that's great yeah. Um, that was by far my favorite performance. I cried. I was, I was super cheesy in the crowd crying, but it was just, it was just beautiful. Like, everything from seeing them like love each other on stage, um, to just the stuff they were saying about like, basically give black women their dues. Mm -hmm. Like, we did this shit. Like, we... We've been doing it and we're still doing it. So they they had like this past, present, and like future sort of vibe because, you know, like the newbies came out, like this group called the Nova Twins. You know you good when you come out and everybody's like, oh, who is that? And you leave and people are screaming so fucking loud Mm -hmm. that like you can't even hear you say thank you.
1: They were so good. Um, I'm gonna have to check all these people out. Say the Nova Twins, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. And and then again, like it was also gay
0: as fuck. Like yeah. a lot of Black queer women yeah. on that stage. And, That's amazing. And just I don't know, just like feeling seen. Like goddamn. Like so in every other space, I feel like I'd be looking for me. You yeah. know, like where yeah. am I? Where am I? And that you don't have to look there. Yeah. Just yeah. Sort. So that was definitely my favorite performance. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a close second was Janelle Monae. Ah, oh, goddamn her! Yeah, she was rubbing asses on stage, girl. Is that where we are now?
1: To you know, pop, pop, pop. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess that's how it goes. You like, <laughs> oh, you know, because I remember, I remember a while like years ago, she used to be like, you know, I have a lot of love for the LGBT community, mm-hmm. and now she rubbing asses on stage. <laughs> That's exactly how it go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I was looking back at my
0: old, old tweets, and I, I saw some stuff that, like,
1: the, people be like, I'm
0: not gay, but bitch, you gay. I'm like, yes, bitch, you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> Little young ass me. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, Is man. there anything else
1: you wanted to say about Afropunk? Um, I do, but I don't know. So, I guess I just... cut. I Really something I think that we try to do on the show is because um, I've been really interested in a lot of the discussion around Afropunk and especially like having a little bit of, some days away from it. I've just been mm-hmm. like trying to think about it and it doesn't seem to me I think I just want to talk a little bit about some of the conversation i've been I've been seeing, but I just I want to start out by saying that it is not an event that I think should be thrown away. Because I think I think people are just like you know fuck it it's corporate it's gentrified mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I th- I think there's merit to those things but I just and again I'm like a black queer person who lives in upstate yeah. New York right right where I'm just I can't walk outside of my door and find black queer community. and have anything yeah. even remotely within the realm right. of that experience yeah, yeah and I know I'm not I know I'm not alone in that mm-hmm. um, but. Something that I thought was interesting, though, is, and so, as again, this is my first year going, so I, I don't know, I don't know what the shifts are, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems it seems to be very clear that there's been a shift uh, more to, I mean, even though you talked, I'm so glad that you talked about who the acts were on Sunday. Because, I mean, it seems fair to say that there's been a shift. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to try to account for what the shift is and what it's not. And, again, I'm saying that somebody who hasn't been, this is my first one, Um Cause people, it is really raining. I it think. really is. Mm-hmm. Can you stand the rain? Okay, you can stop now. <clears throat> I should sing the whole fucking song now. Um, I I guess so you've been. do you think mm-hmm. it's shifted to like a quote unquote white mainstream audience? A white mainstream audience? That's not. Nah. Okay, absolutely not. So I, I keep seeing that criticism. And I'm like, and again, this is my first year, but I'm like, it doesn't seem like that is the case. It seems like mm-hmm. it went I think it has shifted and shifted I, in terms of black audience. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's what I was just about to say. I don't think it hits the well, I mean, I've only been two years. This is mm-hmm. my second year. So um, you know, I'm not an old head sure. by any means to the Afro Punk scene. I have followed it for years. Yes. Yeah, um followed the lineup yeah. probably as long as I've been in Syracuse. Sure. Um and so, like, I think the 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 black audience has shifted. It, yeah. It, Cause I feel like uh what you would call like respectable blacks or blipsters, like black hipsters, yeah. would have like never been the crowd for Afro Punk. But now yeah. but now they come. Yeah. You know, and it's I think before it was like people who are really into music, like alternative black folks. Yeah. You know, like that that's who the crowd sure. was.
1: I was reading, um so the guy So my friend in undergrad, I just remember us being, like, cooped up. And it it was either an apartment or a dorm room. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't, and I should say from the outset. um, So I'm not, like, somebody who's into punk. I don't know a lot about punk music Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I'm also the kind of black where if niggas is doing something, I want to know about it. it. I I, I at least want to know about it. So my friend in undergrad was like, she was the one who hit me. Her and her sister hit me to that documentary. Mm-hmm. I remember her, you know, my best friend, uh, Ace, Ace One from Day One, Deidre, we, like, sat in, like, a cramped room dorm room and, like, watched that Afro-punk mm-hmm. documentary. And they were just talking about all these different, like, black uh, punk bands. So. And then I watched that documentary on Netflix, a while ago, a was, band called a Death? band called Death. So, so that's me, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not like, I'm not gonna wake up and listen to punk music, but I'm like, right, if right. black people are doing some yeah. shit, I want to know about yeah. it. Yeah, and so that was so I so I did see that documentary, and I do think it's like I, I I'm not on the punk scene, but I highly doubt that there's just a lot of things for punk black people.
2: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if
1: it used to be free, and it used to be like I think focus. I'm like black folks who were into punk. So now that it's not mainly that I feel like I would feel some type of way yeah. about that. So I yeah. think people are well within their right to feel that way. So the guy who created that documentary, James something or other, I can't forget his name, him and another guy put, put the event on, uh, I think it started in like 2005 and then 2008, that guy was like, I feel like this event, sorry, is going in a different direction. And I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. So what I do think is interesting is that I looked up the woman. I think her name was Jocelyn something or other. But so she used to be an A&R person, an and rep for Universal, Universal. Music Group. Yeah. Um. So the thing that ha- that has happened under her is that, um, and you could just look at this. I saw that there's, uh, if you go to the Wikipedia page, they like pull, they, they have a section about her. And if you go to one of the footnotes, they, there's this interview with her on this website. It's like a business website called Fast Company. and they detail and profile different uh, like uh, business people. And so she's got like a business background. that's, that's what she does. And so under since, since she's been um, like the main person running it, um, there's been, they've increased like uh, the PR, they've increased corporate sponsorship corporate sponsorships. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's not... And something that I thought was interesting is that um, she said in that interview, she was like, they'd done like surveys on the people who go to Afropunk. And they were like, I mean, I guess like the, kind of the shorthand way we would think about it. Not that people necessarily identify as such or have the fucked up politics as this group. But like, I think the way that you would end up describing the people that they interviewed or surveyed or like, quote unquote, like blavity blacks. Mm -hmm. So she was like, 60%, 60%, she was like 68% of our the people that attend Afropunk have passports. A significant percentage of them like mm-hmm. to read. And so it's like, it's a very targeted marketing mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's not necessarily that it shifted to like a white mainstream audience. It's like, it's just like capitalism. It's yeah. like they've tried to find yeah. a way to profit, mm-hmm. to make profit, profit off, off of, of something, yeah. re, something that wasn't meant to be made mm-hmm. profit from. Mm-hmm. And so what I think, so. I mean, that's kind of like the the on the nose, on the face critique. Everybody yeah. everybody can see that. It's commercialized. Right. But I think the thing that I that I thought was um okay, so the the danger is that there's this quote from Kwame uh, Ture, also known as Stokely Carmichael. where he says, Capitalism makes us think that we're thinking uh when in fact we are only responding to stimuli. And so what I saw, there's a lot of um I think a lot of the people there have really good politics, but I think there's a lot of ways in which like the 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 way that the the concert or the way that the festival is planned and organized, it just kinda has like symbols yeah. of radicalism but and it leads not, you to draw your right, own conclusions. Right, right. Right. It's it not it's actually not radical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that would actually start to right. piss off those corporate right. sponsors. Right, exactly. Because exactly. like on the screen they had this quote. They had yeah. quotes from like Malcolm the, X, ma- yeah. and James Baldwin. Like the the quote from Malcolm X was like, "If you stand for nothing, you, you don't know fall for anything." And I'm like, I don't like all that's, the what, uh, that's what that's I thought. What you gonna pick when I saw the quotes Malcolm on the screen, I was like,
0: of all the fucking quotes, right?
1: That's and, the one we got on the screen. And they picked the one from James Baldwin where they were, you know, he was talking about, um, I don't remember the quote at all, really, but it's something about like dehumanization. And I'm like, so like we know that we're in a moment. Of like an an upsurge and an upswing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like like actual like radical political yeah, movements, yeah. so it'll give you the symbols exactly of those things, but, it but it's go- actually not yeah. gonna have like the like, radical content. I of mean, those. to me, it, you
0: it's well, maybe it is radical when you're talking about like Universal Music Group and like corporate sponsorship and shit, but like it doesn't take much to be like like fuck Donald Trump, yeah, <laughs> like uh, like the people the people resist is like the. The hashtag yeah. or the the motto for yeah. this year. What are we? It's just vague. It's yeah, vague. It's, it's vague. vague. And
1: it leads you. And who who are the people? Right. Like who are you talking about? Right. Right. It's just a lot. Yeah. And then I saw that. So I didn't. So granted, you know, other people who went, they can be like, they can tell us who else was there. But they had like a quarter. They had this thing that they were calling the activist row, and they had like UNICEF. They had like and like, like register to vote.
2: vote.
1: I'm like that's act- activist. Right. Role. And then. There was a white
0: person registering people to vote. That just rubbed me completely sure, wrong. Sure, sure. I'm like Activist Row at Afropunk? And you said you had a on white Sunday, woman registering motherfuckers to vote. They had De Blasio. They had De Blasio's wife Wife. because last year they had De Blasio and his motherfucking ass got booed. Good, right before Solange went on, and so you know they had to traipse his black wife out. Right, who used to be in the Combeheep collective, and uh, because they're like, oh, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna boo her. Sure, sure, Uh, (laughs) sure. But what was funny is that these kids, all you have to do is listen to the youngins Mm because they know, they know some shit. Cause they was just like talking all over her. Yeah. They, they was like, What what did I I just overheard like a lot of like stuff that I was like, You got it. Right. You, un- you understand what's they happening here. Right. right. They're like, Why the fuck why the fuck is she here? Right. You know? And and so there was a lot of chatter over her to yeah. the point to the point which she said, Janelle's not coming out until I finish. Oh right. Shit. And so She's trying to get trying to to chat so, people Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was and and then another thing like you have this like radical symbolism and not like radicalism is this like oh you volunteer your time helping kids da da da, and we give you like a free ticket to the festival yeah it's a trade-off so you get this for your time no fucking pay them them people pay yeah pay pay them them people people. to do that shit the afro-punk team or the street team or something i'm like that's not that's not radical right and then you know me because i'm a messy ass bitch i talked to one of the workers yeah, <laughs> I was like Nikita would want to know, so I would want to know, bitch. <laughs> I was like, you know how like the, the the park looked filthy after, you know, and I stayed really yeah. late on Sunday, so I got to see. I was like, wow, yeah, this park is destroyed, and and um. You know, that kind of like hurt my heart because this is a black community. Sure, event. sure, sure. This is a black sure, community. Sure, sure, sure. It's right in the middle of the project. Right. So we clean that it's shit clean up. Clean that shit up. Pick your pick your pick shit pick up your shit after up. yourself. Yeah. And i I will like always remember this in fifth grade. My cousin Dwight, he like put he threw his milk carton under the um the lunch table. And I told him, The people who clean this lunchroom look just like us. Pick that up. And oh, and, and that's shit. been my politics yeah, on, yeah. on littering since fifth grade. Yeah. And so I talked to the lawyer and I was I'm the lawyer. I talked to to the worker and I was like, you know, like how, how you treated as a worker? And he was like, Well, they pay us twenty dollars an hour. Okay. And um they don't have no cap on how many hours we could get. Mm. So he was like, So I just worked the 48 hours straight. He was like, It's, it's he getting overtime? He get, they don't know. Mm. No. You just I have many hours you work is $20 an hour. And so like on the surface, I'm like, Well shit. But then like, I thought, I didn't even think about it. Like, I felt it was fucked up when he said it. First of all, I don't know. $20, $20 an hour is a livable wage, blah, blah, sure. blah. But it just felt wrong. <laughs> I'm like, so what, like... You um,
1: can work as many hours as you can work as, you as many
0: hours. It, it, it felt real worry-free to me. Like... <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I'm I was sorry like, to bother oh, you. Okay. And, and then it also made me understand, like, why... Why, like, the security guards be, like, on one? Like, you need to get out. Get out, get out. Because I'm like, oh. Then people have to probably, stay there. You probably been working 18 yeah. hours straight. Yeah. You know? Um And he was like, yeah, we, we usually, like, get here around 4 a.m. to start setting up. Mm. And we don't leave till 4 a.m., like, breaking down. 24 hours. And that's- then, yeah. And then, like, do it all over the next day,
1: right? And so... That's... Oh, fuck. That's terrible.
0: Yeah. And so... You're entitled to a break. You know, I mean...
1: After six hours.
0: I, I think that... You could have one less the People Resist banner in order to pay people a little bit oh, more. Right, it's, instead or, of investing in all of this symbolism. Exactly, right. exactly. Like, actually do it. Yeah. Actually do it.
1: Right. Um, and
0: then I just, I had I had all these thoughts of, like, I wonder if, like, my body was any kind of different way. Like, would I be able to, like, navigate this festival? Um, what do you mean? Like, accessible? Oh, um, sure, sure, sure. I don't know. Like, if I was, if I was a different person, would I feel... As comfortable yeah and so um last thoughts on afropunk would you go back next year okay so
1: that's why I was gonna say yes mm-hmm. like I feel like you know in the last in one of the ep- episodes back I was like what was it to to perish or rescue yeah I just, and it's and it's not like it's I not mean, that far gone and and it's like, not and you. it's not and it's not the fact and to be quite honest it's not even the fact that I need afropunk to yeah. be some kind of radical whatever yeah. I'm just I'm just pointing out Mm-hmm. you know things that i see because i think that these are the things that kind of happen in society broadly where we get these symbols of yeah. things but not it kind of actual content so i just um but I mean, that doesn't mean to throw the whole event away I, yeah. you know i don't i mean unless something really egregious or fucked up happens it's like i'm mm-hmm. not gonna be boycotting and, I, and if i'm able to I, like i would definitely go back again yeah yeah because it's just there's nothing mm-hmm. in my world it's
0: nothing like it that's yeah. like that yeah yeah I definitely want to go back. I think I'm too old for Saturday, so I, I definitely am gonna do Sunday next year. Not sure if I'm gonna do. I'll probably get a weekend pass just so I could t- tip in like right. an auntie, uh-huh. you know. Y'all doing all right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, <how> you doing? <laughs> and you know, any any opportunity I get to be half naked,
1: yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> assign me yeah. up. Um But I also would like to experience like Afropunk punk in other cities, like.
1: Johannesburg?
0: Um, yeah, I want... I have to go to Afro-punk Joburg. Like, I saw Manthi. I think their name is Manthi Rabane, And this might be a really fucked up comparison. But to me, she's like the Missy Elliott of South Africa. Okay. So I'm like, ah, I see this bitch again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Yeah, so, and I think, you know, Brooklyn is the original festival. Sure. So, it's way more attended. Like, I heard even Afropunk Atlanta is a lot more chill. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have as many stages. Sure. So, I just want to experience it in different cities. Sure. I would be down for that. Yeah. And I wish there was, like, like more of, like, mixer-type things because I really feel like you know, Potential Bay was somewhere oh, yeah. in that crowd.
1: Oh, yeah. Just Probably like a gaggle of Potential Bay's. Like my next seven relationships were there. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be, don't be putting too much in there because, you know, you, you fuck it up, you ain't going to be able to go back. we You're going to have to have a cooling off period. you can be like, that bitch, that bitch, that
0: bitch, that bitch. I mean, it's already like that at Afropunk because everybody goes.
1: Oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, go big or go home. <laughs>
0: Alright, we're going to close out this here program with Curved Chronicles.
1: This week can? on Curved Chronicles. Curved!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you threw a
0: curveball at me. Uh, We really are wordsmiths
1: over and here. Truly, yeah. We're doing magic. That is the other W for oh your my. segment! Huh. I'm, g- I'm glad <laughs> it's finally come to you after how many... Yes! I have to write this down. Huzzah! <laughs> Air hey, lady. <laughs> Air lady. Do you have a curved chronicle, friend? Do I have a curved chronicle?
0: Mm, I don't. Well, what's the bay life been like? You got a little excursion planned? Oh, my God. You
1: just can't be a <laughs> on our business on the show.
0: Y'all are just so cute. I think it's adorable.
1: Yeah, we, we good. Happy?
0: We good. You just you just smiling and wagging your eyebrows. Sorry, I can I can't, can't convey, I can't
1: convey that. You can't convey smiles coquettishly, winks naughtily. <laughs> so,
0: things are good in Bayland.
1: Yeah, they're good.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what's one like tip that you would give queer, women of color couples out there that you figured out
2: in Oof. this
1: like Bay okay, situation? Well. Um. Wow well, I feel like I'm still in the process of figuring it out mm-hmm. Um. You know Everybody What's your secret? How do you make it work? Well as my grant <laughs> <laughs> No um, it, the, the communication thing is really important I know I'm not always good at that And so like Sometimes like you know The baby getting a little upset with me Because I don't be communicating as well as I should but, um, but just like for one, like, I'm just so like you, I just be tired or, you know, you know, i be in my moods mm-hmm. and I just, be like, I don't feel like doing nothing. Yeah. She'll be like, I get that. She's like, but you just need to communicate that to me. So I think that that's important. And I think the second, the second thing that I feel like I'm learning, um, just as, oh, as a person, but specifically as an individual but especially like in terms of in within the context of this relationship is like i feel like it's hard f- in my experience and in the people that i know relationships for queer people of color i know my first few relationships i mean we train wrecks mm-hmm. we're real bad same so uh, understanding that that might have been the case in the past but it's like Knowing that you can do things differently. Mm. That something about that is like really like helpful. So it's like, I know, I have had particular kind of bad habits. Bad habits in bad relationships and bad habits even in good relationships. Mm, mm. And so just realizing that like I mean it sounds kinda of like cheesy and hokey, but it's like that doesn't have to always be the case. So so sometimes like I know what and the thing about like a particular kind of bad habit is that Or, like, a a habit that's not as, like, effective or as healthy as you might want it to be is that you've been doing it for so long that it becomes the way that you do things. Right. Mm -hmm. So, sometimes I'll catch myself to Mm -hmm. be like, okay, I know that, like, my tendency is to do X, Y, Z, so this is an opportunity for me to try to do something different. Right. Um, It's your dominant narrative. Yeah. It's the thing that you do. All the time. Right.
0: And then, in that, you sort of leave out all the other little pieces that are possibilities.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And so, just, like, being very intentional about, like, doing things differently. Aww. I think that that has been really, um... I think that, that has been very helpful. mm mm-hmm. that, that feels like
0: a key, like, major key alert. Like... Really? No. Yes. No. Because, um... So, I think... Oh, I, okay, I don't want to get... Because the first thing I thought about was, like, therapy. But, um... Like feeling as if uh, that you always have to be the partner you were in your last relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I think um, whether it's time out of relationships or meeting somebody who completely upends what you think you have to be in a relationship. Yeah. Like, it's so beautiful to like break out of that. Like right. you don't have to. You actually don't have to be who you were. You
1: know what? So I feel like that is so that is the curve. I feel like I'm. I feel like I have curved some just unhealthy habits. That that's mm-hmm. that's what the curve is. Not I'm not always, uh, you know. I'm not like totally like in the clear, but exactly. like that. Yeah, so curving Curving bullshit. Feels like the now and then. then <laughs> we, we planned that shit. <laughs> we planned that
0: shit. Uh, it also made me think of Destiny's Child bad habits.
2: I told, I told myself, myself that I
1: would make some changes, changes with the watch. <laughs> yeah. That's, ooh, that song yeah. used to I'm get totally me. I'm
2: totally out of my element.
0: Learning, learning new ways, ways to live while you're in a comfort,
1: comfort zone. zone. <laughs> Yeah, and you so. know, oof, this hot. Oh my god, I had that album when I was sixteen, and I was just, I love that song so much because it's sound nice. I like the message, but Kelly Rowland's fine ass. Yeah, yeah, them oh. fine gonna stay fine. Oof, sweet Jesus. Yeah, I mm, will tell you what, I like to roll on.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Kelly, roll in. <laughs> oh, you're just so filthy. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I've been trying not to like make too Naughty of comments. Why? Cause that can be uncomfortable, you know. Cause I, I don't know. I, I think, I think you know, life is not safe for folks, and so, so when I be like, "Bitch, you fine," it's like an affirmation, <laughs> right, right? Not right. a, I want to fuck, right? Right. But you know, it can sure. be read as okay or yeah.
1: experience in that way given the society, yeah, and exactly. People's experiences,
0: right, right, right. All right, y'all, so y'all know where to hit us on all the social meds. Nikita won't be on the 50th episode because Damn. I am
1: going to strangle her as soon as I hit stop. Well, it's so, probably going to be a lot of condolences. That's going to be the main question. Oh, it's going to be a the lot of clothes
0: singing and flower bringing.
1: The main question is going to be like, money, why are you kill Nikita?
0: That's going to be every episode. It's going to be like, but why you kill Nikita though? Right. This is Money reporting live from Upstate Penitentiary. <laughs> queer walk on, uh, queer walk on lock. Yeah. <laughs> lockdown alright you All right, y'all. Oh, and also don't forget... Y'all can also submit Curved Chronicles. Yes. Y'all so, haven't done that in a minute. Yeah. It would be fun to have like a Curved Chronicle episode too. Oh, man. That would be great. Just like really funny dating stories. That would be fun. Stories. You know. You can find Nikita at Afro Blazing. Guns. Double G. Guns. You can find money at Melanated Money. It's M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D. Okay. Cha-ching. That's how you're supposed to do it. Oh, my God. I I didn't get Uh, that memo. All right, Um, yeah, y'all. All All right, so we'll catch y'all episode fifty,
2: bitch.
1: Five oh,
0: bye.